using these far out visions as a way to test your assumptions about today. In this episode, I chat with my longtime friend and collaborator, Nick Scapatici, founder of Big Dreams Studio. We explore experiential prototypes, necessary disruptors, and how companies can eliminate doubt and inspire innovation. Welcome to Beyond Innovation, a series that breaks down the mystique, explores what works, what doesn't, and what innovation really means with experts who live it every day. Welcome everybody to another episode of Beyond Innovation. Uh, today I have a really exciting guest, which is a very longtime friend, longtime collaborator, founder of a company called Big Dreams. Um, his name is Nick Scapatici, and his company and my company have worked together on all sorts of really exciting projects, and I'm Looking forward to having this conversation, one we've been planning for a long time, one we've had over drinks, yep. which we thought about doing today because it is a Friday um, and decided that might not be good for our audience. And um, welcome. It might actually be very good it for might. your audience. It might. It might be good. So why don't you give us a little intro sure. on you and, uh, and then we've got a really exciting topic that I'm looking forward to getting yeah. into. Right. Yeah. So thanks for inviting me here. Um, so the design that I practice is what is referred to as experience design. And this mode of design has allowed me to work across multiple industries, um, different corners of the world. And um, through this kind of probably 20 plus years of, of doing this, I've kind of worked in helping organizations build new business models, design conversations, create new products, systems, services, installations, exhibitions. It really kind of brought us to lots of different challenges. Um, but I think, you know, through the kind of education that I had at RISD, through that, I think, I think there's, there's another part to this, which is really kind of a, an ability to, 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 um, to explore uncertainty pretty directly ah. in the work that we do. And, you know, and, and then, but in order to communicate that complexity um, in, a, in engaging in kind of tangible way, and I think this is the kind of fundamentals of, of the practice of experience design. It's really making experiences tangible for people. Mm. But maybe it's also because, you know, I have this background in theater and I, have, I was really obsessed with comic books and I'm, you know, the, the work that I do on a daily basis at Big Dreams is really about finding ways for people and design and business to come together. And from that kind of, from building methods around that, people grow from those. And so the, the experience design that we practice is really about these outcomes um, and creating outcomes. So the experience design that we practice is really about human outcomes. And so we use this approach to innovate with businesses through um, investigating their vision, developing new strategies, road mapping, and really to kind of all to help that organization grow and change in some fundamental way. Um, and so Big Dreams is really, you know, we've been focusing Big Dreams on exploring um, this kind of multi-channel way that experiences can come around. And so we, we for, for many years, we thought of experiences being a kind of singular moment, a kind of moment where, you know, a memory might be created, where there might be some sort of visceral change that happens. But we, we recognize that experiences unfold over time and that we're working at Big Dreams to kind of think about how to kind of tap into the, the 
multi-channel way in which organizations have to communicate their brand. And and in that, kind of thinking about the dynamics of the audiences that are going to engage. And so, you know, while maybe a traditional product design track might be about thinking about the end customer's experiences, we are thinking about other stakeholders, investors, people upstream and people downstream, and really kind of showcasing that brand throughout the kind of complexity of the audiences that a brand is trying to communicate with. Sounds a little like what we practice with systems approach to product yeah. and services and software. It's yeah. just done in a space that's more storytelling instead of in the goods you sell, it's yeah. the way you sell them. Right. So, so one of our shared um, needs in business and one of our shared uh, desires in practice is to be able to test these ideas yep. in a way that is not... Um, that doesn't trap the team in a pathway that is expensive, complex, and challenging to recover from, yeah. but teaches them clearly, teaches is the wrong word, allows them to learn from them yep. in a way that, that, that benefits them. And, and we've, we've started this conversation around this notion of yeah. experiential prototyping. Yep. And we come at it from one side and you come at it from another. So give us a sense of, Let's just, let's just paint an overview picture for people of what experiential prototyping means. Yep. So you take a stab, then I'll take a stab. Well, you know, when we think about what experiential prototyping means, you really think about what it, what can it do? What it, what, what, if you employ this practice of utilizing experiential prototyping, what might it help you move forward? What might it help you navigate inside of your organization? I think we've, I think employed it in a couple different ways. And I would say that sometimes it's about navigating a complex ecosystem with, uh, with a core story. How do we kind of take a singular story and, and deploy it, uh, within the, within a number of different kinds of dynamic relationships. Maybe, maybe it's a relationship about, um, trying to take some new, system improvement or a new product development or um, or maybe some groundbreaking new thinking in the way that you're approaching and how do you de how do you allow people to experience and engage with that value proposition mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you're using experiential prototyping to learn a bit more about how an organization might better serve people right um, we might make a uh, we might create a new improvement and create a kind of environment and immerse people in how that improvement might you know become a kind of tangible um, become a yeah a tangible system that they would that they they might utilize in a new practice and right. so we would create that environment and create that moment where that value is exchanged what is that we sometimes call that moment the eye of the duck what is that what is that one spot in the arc of an experience someone has that is the most meaningful that without that one piece um it, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't com be communicative it wouldn't actually you wouldn't be able to kind of turn people into um into a like you know turn their i guess a line uh their we call it um create an affinity right with yeah. that user yeah um and then a lot of times it's really just about articulating a vision, really just kind of showcasing a value. So you could, you experience that as a team, as a, as a organization, as a, um, as a group of partners. So let's, let's just dig in a little bit onto the prototyping yeah. side of this. Sure. Cause the challenge that we all have 
as we try to grapple with big change, big ideas, pushing the boundaries on the innovation side is that that comes with a, with a price tag and it comes with a calendar that is daunting for a lot of companies to go tackle and the risks that then go with that mean they become more hesitant to try to take those, those steps. So the prototyping piece of this then is, is it, becomes a really valuable tool because you're not having to take that giant leap without testing. So let's, yeah. let's just, yeah. I mean, cause the prototyping is really, again, it's really about what are, what, what is the, um, what's the value that you need to understand with the, with the prototype, right? Mm-hmm. What, 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 what kind of experiment can we create, right? That this prototype sits inside of that will allow us to derive some insight Right, and that insight becomes a way for us to maybe future-proof an idea right. that may be able to help us learn. And if we can build these things right, they can, you know. And, and we're talking about road mapping a product line, and we build our prototypes and we design our experiments correctly. We can create a kind of successive uh, set of experiments that allow this continuous learning over time. And so. We try to um, look at experiential prototyping as an iterative process. It's never right. just, you know, it's, it's it's most of the time in the work of storytelling and work of kind of communicating value propositions, words, which which is what we do. You know, stories are these light things that happen over a period of time, and stories evolve, right? So, like once you create a story, it creates an impression, and once that impression is created you have to tell another story and another right. story and another story. So they happen in succession. So we try to develop a practice with an organization that allows us to continue to test assumptions and that those assumptions, that those assumptions derive some insight and that insight informs the next iterations of those stories. Can you give us an, an example of who you'd be testing this with? So if we, if we create an imaginary scenario that says, okay, we've got a, we've got an executive management team that's, that's, that's striving toward a new strategic direction for an organization okay. And you're going to sort of take them on this journey. Who are you creating? Who, who within that are you creating those experiments for? Yeah. And then how or what outcomes are you looking to garner yeah. from um, testing, those, testing those ideas? Yeah. I mean, like I said, this is, this is a process, right? So mo- the first step is usually creating an experiential prototyping for that that cap, that C-suite, the kind of working group around right. an idea. So you start to, that to, locally. Yeah, to, to collectively, but first of all, we have to make sure they're collectively imagining the same idea, right? right? And that's, that's, that's hard. That's a hard thing because, yeah, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're, these, the ideas that we work on are uh, ideas that typically require a, uh, you know, a kind of cross kind of organization collaboration. Right. You know? So it's not just, it's not just a product track. It's right. product plus marketing plus, um, plus kind of operations, um, and all of maybe the other facets of the organ research and all of these other aspects. And so the ideas that we're helping to create are ideas that are moving the whole company forward. And in that they take the whole company to move them forward. And so it's, it's, it's typically the first time that everyone has seen and, and has informed the same narrative around the same idea. And just that test takes time, mm-hmm. um, aligning all of the, the best intentions and the intended outcomes of any one of these facets of the organization and aligning that to create the right value, but also considering that 
there's a trajectory of this organization. And does this does this new vision, does this collectively imagined vision actually track you towards this North Star of your organization? And so just that that exercise is typically the first stage. And then do you eventually take that out of that little group and put it somewhere else? So so yeah. So then it becomes, okay, what's that next that 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 next reveal? So we have to move from testing these ideas internally, aligning internally mm-hmm. to then to then testing the demand of that vision with an external audience. And in, right. in, in many cases, it's, it's, it's the customer or the, or the customer's customer, mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes they're working typically a lot of this work. I think some of the most powerful work we've done is really within the kind of B2B space. It's yeah. really helping organizations understand the value that they deliver to another organization and the impact of that value on their customers. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point of distinction for this because I think the B2B space is new or newer to um, the value of customer experience, the value of storytelling as a part of their business practice, because so often it's been about the technology or it's been about the, the longstanding relationship and the competitive landscape has changed so dramatically in the B2B space that now they're having to treat this more like a D2C business or a traditional retail business. And um, we find the same challenges um, in those spaces. Yeah. And I, and I think that the, the, you know, the the clients that we're working with are, are these industry disruptors, people who, who are, who have a vision for a, a new, you know, uh, a new system that will fundamentally change the 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 way in which an industry might operate, and in that you start your your next your next um, kind of layer of external audiences may not even you may not even get to the customer yet because really we're talking about government and policymakers and regulatory. Uh, we're talking about um, partnerships that have to be forged. You, you're creating a new innovation, you have to create an ecosystem around that innovation. And some of those, and you need these partnerships to secure those partnerships. You have to make sure that there's a value proposition, not just internally within your departments, but also externally. Sure. Um, and so we can use stories. We can use this form of creating these experiential prototypes as a way to collectively immerse these other audiences in those ideas, actually engage with those ideas directly manipulate change kind of see the value actually and 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 if we're doing it correctly everyone feels like they're co-creating yeah. this 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 newer version yet another version of it but really it's an evolution of a story that we've seeded and started to create a narrative a longer term narrative of a roadmap of a product that maps to ultimately a north star that they're going for so do you feel like from a if you're thinking about where these are best used is that is that use case in your world really about changing a narrative from within a large organization where you're trying to make a big step or do you use those also where you're making incremental steps within a large, within an organization, whether they're large or small, doesn't actually matter. I mean, I, th- I think they're both. I mean, yeah. I think we're, we, we're working at both levels. Um, we know that ultimately the progress that can be made in these large organizations are ones that take on just a little bit at a time and mm-hmm. kind of, cre- you know, charting a North Star is is one thing, right? Seeing something that's 10, 20 years out that you feel like is the is the 
illustrates the 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 ambition of of where you want to go is getting everyone to agree that that's a spot in the universe is 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 already a challenge but then how do, how do you get there typically you're pointed in a in a in you know not just a couple degrees off i mean we're talking about you know many degrees off mm-hmm. and so in order to make that shift while still maintaining your core business mm-hmm. while still entertaining maybe these new and emerging other ideas that are coming out um trying to find a way to 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 tack back towards that north star correctly might actually take a couple little incremental moves and and the 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 insight that comes from doing that is what is the whole universe is actually shifting as you're doing that because that north star starts to you're you're developing lessons through that maneuvering that inform that help you actually i think maybe even dial in that that totally, ambition totally. to a more realistic thing because because we're taking these future versions and what we're trying to do is move something to reality as quickly as possible right. um, and i think in our process we believe that we we really have to in order to break maybe some of the um, fundamental um, i don't want to say bureaucratic but really yeah, it sometimes is yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. just a kind of it, it's a it's a it's a it's it's this it's this uh, i think innovation in this space and in most corporations have i think one thing in common which is like doubt right you know and it, and and what we try to do is is alleviate that doubt by incrementally testing smaller versions of the idea to slowly release them from this fear that what they could do next might be wrong. Right. You know, what they could do next is learn something else. Right. You know, and we try to keep the cadence towards learning and that learning gets us closer to where we want to be. And it's a really, that's an excellent way to put it. And it's a really interesting parallel to the way that the product world, the product world has been doing this for forever, right? Like you want to go make the next great widget. You don't just put it into production. You build version after version after version. You learn, you learn, you learn. But in the, but in the strategy side, in the storytelling side, in the marketing side, this idea of testing ideas is is way newer and it's yeah. way more foreign. And I think um, having a defined process that incrementally takes people down this journey so that they end up somewhere totally new is fascinating. Yeah. And um, I want to talk a little bit about embodiments of this because this this can feel really lofty like we're going to test ideas and we're going to build experiences but like what the heck does that mean yeah (laughs) and um so let's try to like bring this right down to to sort of practical terms and give us some definitions or some ideas for how you guys have created experiential prototypes and how those are embodied and what others can do to sort of um walk the same path that you guys have already started walking or have been walking now for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, we we're fortunate to have worked on really large versions of this yeah. really kind of scaled out, uh, v- versions that, you know, I think almost, almost to me once in a, well, fortunately it's been more than once in my career that I've been able to do You've done a lot at, of them. At, a, at a lot of scale. Yeah. Um, and, and it's because of that, that I think we see the impact of, using 
these far out visions as a way to test your assumptions about today. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the basic concept. Right. You know, it doesn't actually matter how far out you're going, how big, how, how big you're going, how much money you put towards it, because none of those things um, equate to learning like they, they're not like you put more you 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 reach further out into the into the future or you fund it with more capital that you're going to learn more from it mm -hmm. um it's really about really understanding the questioning and the doubt that you have about your ideas and where that where that doubt is coming from and so like on 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 a very light scale right we can talk about um you know kind of the the pre-communication work that that an organization might have to do if they're if in the startup space you're trying to uh, figure out the best way to launch your business um, you know before you're ready to hire a, a communications group before yep. you're ready to get into PR you have to test the way in which your story lands and I think, you know, most startups are going through their pitches and they've got their investors, but your your investor conversation and the conversation you'll have with the public and the stakeholders and the aligning um, the ecosystem that you have to build around you is a very different conversation. Yeah. And because we're working in a space that, you know, you know, today is really around, um, you know, kind of individuals and trailblazers in the kind of that are working for the planet, you know, there's a complicated culture around the industries that are launching in a space like that. Um, and so that the impact of, of, of that culture on how you tell your story is something that you can test, right? Uh, you can test that in small ways, like, um, going through uh, an exercise that, um, you know, maybe about imagining new, uh, imagining the headlines uh, in, in, on the, on the public, in the publications mm -hmm. that you believe are the kinds of publications that might tell your story and using that as some, as an, as an, as an, uh, as a, to design a conversation you might have with um, a potential partner. Sure. Um, and we can create that environment around that, the condition around that exercise so that it becomes a kind of reciprocal learning experience right. for not only what that potential partner might perceive as the value they get from partnering you, but also learning about the value that that partner might give to you. Right. Um, and so that's a very small, lightweight way to do it. But then we kind of res that up. We say that, okay, now that, now let's, now let's look at where, where, where might people engage with you know, your launch story? Um, how might that unfold? Is it in things like a website? Is it in, is it in, um, is it in video format? Do you have to tell, do you have to educate your, your customer about the, the, the science behind what you're doing before you can tell, before you can point at the technology that solves the fundamental problem that you're looking for? Right. So, so you what, can, yeah. And so, and, and none of, there's no, you know, some organizations might have to describe their technology before they describe the science behind it. And some, it depends on really the space and, and also those kind of cultural um, influencers, the trends and drivers, the, what's happening in news today. Right. Uh, what, what is, what is driving that, that, that coverage around carbon removal and like who, who, who are the players in that space? Um, we really try to kind of go deep and really try to paint a map of the world in which the company will exist within and then how that world might change 
once they exist. Right. And we use stories as a way to um, to test uh, how you might want to be perceived or how you will be perceived. And then we can use that as a, as a way to strategize. Right. And so if we're picking embodiments and we're talking about just in the beginning here, we're talking about language. Yeah. And then that moves into visuals yep. and then that moves into something else more complicated. And with each stair step, you can get more and more experiential and the stuff that we've collaborated on. I'm thinking specifically about the stuff that's been done for, for governments yep. where those were, if you think about governmental scale of projects where we're talking about how to make change in government, which is very costly, very time consuming, despite the fact that we might look at the budgets, of the projects that we were working on, which were millions of dollars, and they look like big spends in the context of government, spending a couple million dollars to bring thousands of people together to all experience a future is cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and fast. Yep. And, uh, and meaningful and, 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 meaningful. and because you know, we're, we're allowing people to step inside a story about themselves right. and about how, the world will exist around them. Uh, and when you place people inside of stories, when you make them sometimes the center of that story, when they can engage actively in uh, and have some agency to, to navigate the space in which you create around them, well, then, then they start to um, relate to that material in a different way. And then the conversations and the dialogues that emerge from that experience can become much more meaningful, can become much more targeted. You can, you can solicit learnings from that in a complete in a completely different way than um maybe a powerpoint might do right um you, you while a powerpoint and and that method of maybe talking and allowing people to absorb people people uh, you know when they're when you're trying to get them to decide on something it's it's typically emotions right that need to be present in order for for any individual to align with one thing or the other and so we're kind of i guess we're playing with that tension between the emotions uh soliciting those emotions to get them to to get the audiences uh to really feel the impact can i pick one specific example that i know because yeah. we worked on you know because you worked on which is the healthcare app that we built, which was fully imaginary, which had an immersive, literal immersive massaging chair as a part of the healthcare experience yeah. and a digital healthcare provider that you engaged with and just sort of talk us through. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't there when it was presented. I was there when it was being developed. You were there when it was being presented. And I'm just curious to, to see, to hear the reaction to that because that is a test right like if you built a future of healthcare yep. and that future included a docent who's digital a physical environment that provides you with care we imagined that space and you could literally walk into it sit in the chair and talk to the docent and it was all fake yeah <laughs> and and give us a sense of like how did people react to that and what did what was what was learned from that through that experience yeah um well good ideas uh are kind of you know are always developing right if you if you if you if you craft them correctly and i think what 
you're describing is um, is one of those things. It, it was a there was assumptions we have assumptions made about how technology might help aid. Uh, help to medicate, mediate, um, evaluate our Mm -hmm. our health position. And we also have lots of assumptions about virtual assistants and and how empathetic they can feel, how connected we can be to them. And the experience we 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 went through and that and that that particular um, kind of moment in the journey uh, was one of three moments and it it alone wouldn't wouldn't be able to do what we like just creating that one room that talked about that specific um, dynamic around a caretaker and uh, the individual wouldn't be enough without a comparison Um, and so we created three of these rooms, and it was really about the 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 distance and the closeness that is, that could be created between an individual and a caretaker, and actually going through a process of even reversing that, where you start by um, caring for, mm. then you become equals, and then it is caring for you, mm. and. What we were trying to understand is the comfort level of 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 the audience to those relationships. We we chose to create a kind of fully immersive environment that was both physical uh, and and virtual. Uh, we used projection. We created a kind of room um, because we needed to create a sense of realism. We couldn't because these ideas were um, you know seemingly pretty far out there. Uh, because there, you know, there is a, you know, you could evaluate these on, well, what is this technically going to work? We couldn't, we weren't focusing on that. We were really focusing on is this relationship and how could we effectively illustrate it in a tangible way? And this, this set of rooms sat in the context of a bigger thing, a bigger experiment, a larger prototype that we, that we were producing for this, um, for this event. Uh, that was happening within the government, and it was an opportunity for multiple stakeholders that would engage with healthcare in lots of different ways. It wasn't just the audience who um, who would be utilizing a service like that, right. uh, but it's also government officials who might have to create policies around these things. And you know, we weren't creating a a a, a a prediction that this is no. the way technology was going to go. We were maybe, maybe it was a provocation, you know, uh, but it was designed to create a dialogue that could result after they experience these things. And so we, we, you know, I think there was, uh, we, we did achieve a few things we thought we needed to do. Um, we needed these things to feel believable. We needed to, fe- we needed people to be delighted by them. We needed people to, uh, formulate an opinion about them. Um, and we, and we, we designed it and built it for that reason. So that on the exit of these, of these experiences that a, a, a meaningful conversation could be had around the fundamental idea of policy of policy right and how we're going to tap into artificial intelligence as a way to potentially become a part of our healthcare system and i think it's really like when you when you put it in those terms and you realize that if you imagine the expense of getting that wrong yeah 
and the challenges of understanding what that even means, what that idea even means by building a tangible experience for people to go through, you ground everybody. Yeah. It's like, you're all, you're all going through this together. You're all coming at it from different points of view and you're all going to then be able to formulate a more, uh, uh, well-informed opinion and be able to create policy as a result, which in theory should save time, money, mistakes, um, f- from, from happening because you're, you're coming at this from some point where you all got to go through this together and you all got to like sit in that chair. Yeah. And, and from a product perspective, um, it helps, it helps to imagine where the boundaries should be. Yeah, for know? sure. Uh, and, and we collectively shared in that experience, right. which becomes the powerful denominator in innovation is right. like this kind of this, uh, this opportunity for us to engage with value at the same time and then know what to do from that point. Yes. Yeah. And I think like you've just described the bookends, right? You've got almost a workshop where you have a conversation that can live in PowerPoint or on a poster or on a few handouts. And then the other extreme is put people in a room, make them believe that they're going through something and then lift the curtain and say, okay, you just experienced this. Now let's talk about what that means for your future and the way that you de- way that you design policy or the way that you design product or strategy or, or whatever it is. Right. And somewhere in the middle is something like a really well-crafted video, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's like, yeah, it's a medium lift. Yeah. You know, you build a great video and you can use movie magic to pretend like all kinds of future things are happening that aren't actually happening. Yeah. And you put that in front of a bunch of people and say, wouldn't it be cool if this was your future? And they go, but also, but also in the middle are other kinds of, you know, m- multimedia type, things, absolutely, you know, like absolutely. software prototypes, sit prototype. in the middle yep. of that. Yep. Um, you know, they're landing they're, pages, software prototypes, all yeah, of those, exactly. all, all, all because they're low lifts in comparison to the full deployment of a full product or a full yeah. strategy or a full shift yeah. in, in position. Yeah. And, and I think the key ingredient there is that what we built for that event allowed people to truly understand um, what was possible. It didn't have to exist. We just gave them enough. It it filled enough of their senses for them to go, Oh, this would be, this would be great. I would like this. Or I hate this. I don't want this. I don't want to talk to a computer when I'm sick (laughs) or, or whatever they decided coming out of that. And that, that felt that, uh, giving people that ability to really uh, be immersed in that is, is uh, kind of where all of this leads yeah. and immersions got varying degrees um, of, of, yeah. of intensity. I would say the other thing about, about that is that in order to produce ideas that are fully connected, that are fully immersive, that are, um, that have these, um, that the goal is to derive a number of insights that are going to inform lots of um, lots of corners of in that in that case the government. The process to create those things requires all of those individuals to be a part of the development of it, and yeah. so you're 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 cre- the the dialogue that you have to create in order to generate 
ideas at that scale um, is already um, a valuable kind of journey that that a you know functionally is maybe a kind of fragmented organization. And so I think one of the powerful things about experience design and the work that we do is its ability to align an organization internally totally. towards things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we all been in a conversation where CEO says one thing, COO says something else, CEO, SEMO says a third thing, yeah. and they're all sitting at the same table. And like somebody has to point out like, Hey, you know, you all just said three different things. So like, which one is it? And by taking somebody through an experience, whatever that experience may be, whether that's a piece of paper, a digital experience, a physical experience or some combination therein, it, it does require this, like this um, focus of vision where everybody's moving in the same pathway. Otherwise you end up, um, it, it gets exposed in a really short period of time through these experiences yeah. and these prototypes, um, yeah. which is why they're, they're, they're really fun to create. They're really challenging. Yeah. Um, but they are really fun to create. Yeah. And they're, and they're fun because I, you know, and I think in, in our work, the, the uniqueness comes from the dynamic of the group that has to come together, you know, right. and, and, you know, I think for the, for the many years I've been practicing design, I think the, the, the greatest fulfillment has come in like the kind of cross sector, cross discipline collaborations yeah. because there becomes the power, the, the power of that is all of a sudden you're, you're building things that tap into multiple senses at the same time. Right. Um, that are, that are, that can be educational and entertainment that you can immerse people in ideas, but you could also make them kind of absorb that knowledge. And, and you, these, the dynamicness of, of the experiences that we create are, it, it creates that visceral piece that is sometimes often missing from just words on a page in a PowerPoint, in a PowerPoint, this idea of having to charrette and not an idea for real and say, okay, I mean, you can, you can take these right into like sales processes, like putting it into a deck versus creating something that somebody has that somebody can use, even if it's not fully baked to, to drive a conversation from a sales perspective is an experiential, an experiential prototype that is, um, valuable both to the person in sales Mm -hmm. and to the person who has to manage sales. Yeah. And, Cause they both have to, they both have to, they both have to work through the same, um, role playing and, and, uh, they have all of this, uh, ability to tie together people who otherwise are just looking at a PowerPoint. Yeah. And, um, so, so give us a sense of where you see this moving to over the course of the next five to 10 years as we navigate um, emerging technologies, technologies that in some cases are kind of scary uh, and scary in a helpful way, scary sometimes in an actually scary way and how you sort of see experiential prototype being able to help support organizations of all sizes and all types to navigate the complexities of, of, you know, what we're facing over the next safe, five, we don't have to go out 20 years, five years, even, um, 
like where you, where you feel there's opportunities here? I mean, I think every, every organization, um, looks to innovation for the same thing. How, how, how do we change? Mm -hmm. How do we change, but not risk anything? (laughs) You know, how do we do that really well? Um, and I think, I think kind of storytelling within innovation is a way that, you know, kind of helps us communicate new ideas, um, system improvements, this groundbreaking thinking, you know, in a way that's really light and that travels. Yeah. Um, and most importantly, I think scales mm-hmm. really easily if we, and, and, and it can become tangible. They can, they can be used to learn from someone, learn from a new audience. Uh, and so I, I, I can, I can, I can see the opportunities in these spaces, these, you know, these, these necessary disruptors that we, that we, that are going to be required to change not only um, the way in which an industry might fundamentally work, but also change people's behaviors. There's going to be, you know, we've already seen a number of them. We're going to continue to see them. The, the, the most important problems of our time, um, you know, there's a clock to them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we have to move quickly. And because of the complications of the technology, because of the years out of my take, we look at things like energy, you know, we look at things like um, any, anything in the, the kind of climate tech space, most of them are not going to be ready tomorrow. But the, you know, what's also not ready for these things tomorrow is the customers. The audience. And the audience. <laughs> yeah. And we have to, we have this opportunity to use stories as a way to align those audiences towards what might be best for humanity mm-hmm. and might be best for our planet. And so I think we have an important role at Big Dreams to help these organizations test their narratives, figure out compelling ways for people to engage with those narratives, and turn those narratives into tangible expressions of their brand. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's well put. Um, well, this was great. I'm glad we were able to finally pull all this together yeah. after pulling all of our hair out. I got a little more than you. You do have more than Mine me. Is, so I'm a little less frustrated. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but I appreciate you able to come over and, uh, and have this conversation. And I, I hope that everybody who listens, uh, takes some of this to heart because like, this is the way that you move big ideas forward is you build these prototypes in a, in a, in a manageable way that allows people to understand them without needing to build the whole thing. Yeah. And, um, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Great. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.